Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy Rails tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Hello, Los Angeles. It's good to see all of you. It's great to be back. Welcome to Love It or Leave It Live or Else. Tonight's show is brought to you by uh, Rick Caruso. <laughs> you love the Grove. Turn off your brain and vote Rick Caruso. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Quick poll. Glendale Galleria versus the Grove. Galleria? Woo! Grove? Woo! Correct answer is Karen Bass. We've got a great show for you. We obviously can never know for sure, but we've heard that Tom Cruise has been sneaking into theater, so there's always a chance he's here. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Nish Kumar is here. <laughs> and he's brought some jokes from across the pond. The time traveler's wife's husband, a.k.a. the time traveler, is here. Ryan O'Connell is here. And we're going to take some shots in the dark based on appearances. Plus, Kel Kripe and Langston Kerman join Ryan and Nish for the rant wheel. What could we possibly have to be mad about? Let's get into it. What a week. All right. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I want to talk... Obviously, this has been a week of grim news, and this is a show that we do once a week, mostly funny. A lot of it is supposed to be funny. Here's what I wanted to say about yet another mass shooting in America. Sometimes I feel like politics right now, for a lot of reasons, mostly bad, is about whose rage gets the most attention, and... Sometimes Democrats eke out a victory, sometimes we lose. But regardless, I think a lot of our collective frustration as progressives is rooted in the fact that our national conversation tends to focus almost exclusively on Republican rage. You know, Republican rage is about the difference between how things are and how things used to be. That's what voting in Trump was about. That's what trying to make life more dangerous for trans kids is about. That's what banning books is about. And that's why Democrats, I think, have been afraid of their own shadows for too long. But something does feel like it's changing and like maybe our rage will get its due. And our rage is about the difference between how things are and how things could be. We saw after George Floyd's murder, there was this surprising experience of the whole country focusing on a different kind of rage. I think the same thing has been happening since the Roe decision leaked I think living through mass shooting after mass shooting in such quick succession is allowing a different kind of rage to have its due. And I see it more and more. And I see us as the majority in this country that's angry, not about the fact that we're leaving behind some fantasy about the past, but desperate to imagine a better kind of future. I see us demanding more and more. And while it is taking time to get it out of our political system, that does give me some kind of hope. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't think I'm a, really a Democrat because I like Democratic politicians. Right now, I think I'm mostly a Democrat because I hate what Republicans would do to this country. 
And I'm just going to be okay with that for a while. You know, they don't care if kids are gunned down in school, if trans kids kill themselves. They don't care if like a 13 year old girl is forced to carry her father's baby to term, if our drinking water is poisoned, or if our sea levels rise, if their own supporters die of COVID. Mass shootings are an evil scourge and they highlight how dangerous and violent this country can be. But last year, 45,000 people died from gun violence in this country. 1,500 kids died last year. The leading cause of death for children is now gun violence. I see a lot of people talking about how hopeless this is, and I just don't really understand that. Like, I don't feel particularly hopeless. I just feel furious. I feel angry all the time about it. I don't want to live in a violent, dangerous, heavily armed, authoritarian religious state controlled by an embittered minority that rules us through their unelected, bigoted, and radical judges. I refuse. And we all need to refuse. We just have to refuse, even if it's hard, even if it takes forever, even if the victories are few and far between, because the second we accept that that is our reality, the second we give up in this fight, that will be true. That is exactly what this country will become. There are currently 5 million eligible citizens in Texas who are not registered to vote. This is by design. Republicans in power don't want all eligible Texans to make their voices heard because they wouldn't support 20 bills expanding gun rights in the state that Governor Greg Abbott signed into law in 2021 alone. Greg Abbott is on the ballot this November, and our friends in Texas have plans to register more than 1.25 million Democrats who have moved to Texas since 2020 that are still unregistered. You can donate to that effort as well as find ways to support the families in South Texas at votesave.us slash Texas. So please go and donate and do what you can. And don't give in to the idea that this is hopeless or that things won't change. It will take time, but we are the majority in this country and we will win. It took a long time for things to get this bad, to live under the specter of this much violence, to have it become so ordinary. It will take time for it to change, but we do not have to accept the idea that this is normal. We don't have to give in to the idea that we are so weak and so afraid and so vulnerable that just because it may take a long time, we won't actually do it. We will do it. This will not be our future. This is our present. It simply will not be our future. We have to assume and live as though that is true. That's all. And then you go on social media and it's all like so performative. And that's ugly too, you know, all these people getting retweets by expressing their feelings about it because it's biased nature for others to see. Not only do we doubt them, it causes us to doubt the idea of people actually feeling these things. I think it is so bad for us as people to see tens of thousands of other people sharing what we want to be genuine emotion, but doubting it again and again and again and again. It is so sick that we go to this forum where everyone collectively performs grief because it can't actually be grief because by its nature, it is meant to be consumed as content. I don't think that's good. It is deeply upsetting what is happening. It is deeply upsetting. It is awful. It is wretched. It is sickening and it is vulgar and it is unnecessary and it is preventable. And that outrage I think is something we don't know where to put it. We don't know where to put these feelings. But I do struggle with the fact that in the wake of only mass shootings, do we express these maudlin and big emotions when kids are dying by gun every single day? Every single day. They die every single day. They accidentally shoot a sibling. They get shot by a parent who think it's an intruder. 
They shoot themselves because they're being bullied at school. This happens every single day. Why do we not collectively mourn every 20 kids? Why does it matter that it doesn't happen in one place? It's wrong. It's wrong. That is a vulgarity. That is us collectively. Even the people who are outraged by mass shootings, tolerating and not caring enough about daily violence. That is our crime. That is our mistake. That is our collective inhumanity that we have accepted every single day. The fact that they have to happen in one place, in one fucking room for the whole country to pay attention is wrong. That is what is wrong. That is all of us being wrong. That is all of us accepting this every day. And the day we stop doing that, the day we stop waiting for a mass shooting to be the reason we care about gun violence is the day we'll actually have a majority that will change this. Every day is a mass shooting. Every hour is a mass shooting. And we all ignore it. All of us. I ignore it. All of us. We all ignore it. You're pissed about mass shootings? Not enough. Because you're worried about mass shootings because you know you're not going to shoot yourself. You're not worried about a gun in your house because you don't have a gun in your house. You're not afraid of your partner shooting you because you know and love your partner. It's not a coming for you. It's not going to affect you. We worry collectively about mass shootings. Journalists worry about mass shootings because they're afraid of them. We're afraid of being killed in a mass shooting. We're afraid of our kids being killed in a mass shooting. 45,000 people are going to be killed by guns, and none of us care enough. Wow, that was surprising. Okay. (laughs) All right, now I'm done. That's what I actually think. Okay, cool. (laughs) See this Trump guy? (laughs) All right. You guys want to start over? I mean, we're going we're gonna to put that in the show, but emotionally, you guys want to like now get back to something. You came out here, you're, yeah, okay. Oh, that was helpful for me, to be honest. I was struggling with what I was trying to understand about why I was bothered by our collective reaction to these things, and that, that was helpful. Thank you for allowing me to do that in front of you. Do you think we can put that out, or we should cut it? No, we're going to put it out. We're going to put it out. Also this week, Donald Trump told Newsmax he wouldn't be worried if Mike Pence tried to run in 2024. Trump said, I can't imagine he runs that fast. He's an older guy, not in great shape. <laughs> They'll still catch him and kill him. (laughs) San Francisco Mayor London Breed. San Francisco Mayor London Breed says she will not march in the city's pride parade unless organizers reverse a previous decision and allow police to march in their uniforms. The organizers forbade police from marching in their uniforms for one simple reason, no kink at pride. (laughs) After... After the horrific events in Texas this week, Better O'Rourke publicly confronted Greg Abbott during a press conference Wednesday, demanding the governor take real action in response to the Uvalde school shooting. And you are doing nothing. No, he needs to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable when you... Sir, you're out of line. I love when a tall guy acts tall, you know? (laughs) For justice. For justice. That's so cool. He's so tall. He's so tall. So tall. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin told Bell, I can't believe that you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. What do you think this is? Some kind of trans book fair, you filthy rat bastard? Damn it, Beto. (laughs) Senator Ted Cruz, also in attendance, demanded Beto sit down. But that's like telling Hulk not to smash. It only is going to make Beto stand on something higher. (laughs) Also, Beto was sitting down. That's just a height difference between Beto and Ted Cruz. Beto's so tall. 
so tall. After being led out of the venue by officers, Beto told the press gathered outside, I am calling on all Texans of good conscience, and I could care less if you're a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent to stand up for yourself, for your kids, for our families, and to stop the next shooting just like this one. Meanwhile, a few hours after the press conference, Governor Abbott attended a fundraiser in a private home. I know the optics aren't great, but the cannibal family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of considered to be a kingmaker in the state's Republican Party. Before you criticize Greg Abbott, please remember, we all have our own ways of dealing with grief. Self-care is important. (laughs) Meanwhile... Ted Cruz suggested in an interview with Fox News Wednesday that the solution to school shootings is to simply have one door to the school with an armed police officer outside of it. (laughs) Why we already have all these prisons, why wouldn't we have our children attend school in them? The food is the same. (laughs) Has Ted Cruz never heard of fire? Like, one entrance to a school? Has he never seen a building? Though it does make a little bit more sense when you find out Ted Cruz accepted over $3 million in political contributions from the Triangle Shirt Waste Factory. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Cruz also said, inevitably, when there's a murder of this kind, you see politicians try to politicize it. You see Democrats and a lot of folks in the media whose immediate solution is to try to restrict the constitutional right of law-abiding citizens. The law-abiding citizens part is what counts. The mass shooter was a law-abiding citizen when he bought two AR-15s. Ted Cruz's policy here is that every American citizen in good standing within the law should be allowed one mass shooting. That is his current policy. Of course, guns are banned during Trump's speech at the NRA conference this weekend, but that's just because they want to sell more guns at the venue. Like how at movie theaters, they don't let you bring your own Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) In an impressive display of stones by a Democrat, Senator Chris Murphy took to the Senate floor to demand Republicans join in on the fight for gun control. But I'm here on this floor to beg, to literally get down on my hands and knees and beg my colleagues. Find a path forward here. Work with us to find a way to pass laws that make this less likely. Republicans responded, on your hands and knees, that's surrender talk. Senator Murphy said, spare me the bullshit about mental illness. We don't have any more mental illness than any other country in the world. You cannot explain this through a prism of mental illness because we're not an outlier on mental illness. We're an outlier when it comes to access to firearms and the ability of criminals and very sick people to get their hands on firearms. Okay, but have we tried to get these shooters the Calm app? (laughs) And finally... Ellen DeGeneres aired her final episode after 19 seasons of her daytime television talk show on Friday, which means it's time for a new mean gay on the comfortable chair to take the throne. I'll bully Taylor Swift. I'll go to a baseball game with Mitt Romney. I'll get dominated by Dakota Johnson. I'll do anything. <laughs> when we come back... What? What are you going to do when you come back? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Are, are you heckling me? Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Are you Tom Cruise in disguise? Oh, no, I have a hat on. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy like you. I've got normal teeth. I've got skin and stuff. Okay, all right, all right. You know what? You're Tom Cruise in disguise. You get up here. Guys, give it up for Tom Cruise in disguise. All right. Oh, thank you. Whoa. <laughs> Hi. You know, come sit over here, please, oh. Tom. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I was sitting over there like an audience member. 
Now I'm sit up here. <laughs> Hi. All right. You know what? Let's. I'll play along. What's your name? Oh, my name. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about this. <laughs> it's a uh, Kel. <laughs> yeah, like the beautiful Kelly McGillis from a little film colloquially known as Top Gun. Really? <laughs> Have you seen it? Have I seen the Top Gun? You bet. Yeah. And, and did you like it? Did I like Top Gun? Yeah, I love Top Gun. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> Is that really what we're going to start with? Well, I just, oh, being honest, like, I can't stay that long because my limo is circling around back. Your what? Oh, did I say limo? I meant, oh, I got to go put some more coins in my electric scooter. That's not, I don't that was, think... The time runs out on those things so quick. I see people riding them in my limo all the time. <laughs> you're not, you're doing a, t- uh, look. Oh, I said it. Can we do another take? No, there's no other takes. You... <laughs> <laughs> Last week at Cannes, Tom Cruise. <laughs> last week at Cannes, Tom Cruise said he goes in disguise to movie theaters to watch movies. I've been living in Los Angeles for twelve years. I knew I must have run into Tom Cruise in disguise at some point, and here you are. Well, hats off, you got me. It's me, Tommy C, Tommy Cruise, Thomason Cruisesen. Yeah. Well, hey everybody, it's so amazing to be here, looking all out out at you. We've all got asymmetrical faces, and we're really tall. <laughs> that is, uh, you're in an incredible costume, I have to say. Yeah, well, you know what? When you get to my level, you only work with the best, John. You know, this actually, full human suit, one zipper straight up the back, and it's even got, you guessed it, moisture wicking. <laughs> well... <laughs> What brings you to the show, Tom? This isn't a movie theater, you know. I know this isn't a movie, okay? It's a, I saw a marquee. I thought, I'm going to go try this one out tonight. And I'm going to be honest, I've been wearing this disguise for so long. I, you know, I just feel like my skin's going to crack, but it still feels more like the real me than <laughs> me. Oh, Tom, no. Really? Yeah, y- you know how I keep trying all my new stunts? You know, I shattered my ankle filming Mission Impossible 6. Me, I give it 110% of my foot, that is. Yeah, I did wonder. <laughs> I did wonder about that. I mean, we have stunt people in Hollywood. It seems needlessly risky for you. You are, for- that's right. You know, John, you are right about that. That is something you are so right about. And it's true because I've given the world so much. I give, I pour, I give, and I give, and I give. And what do I get? You know, my body's broken. People say it's broken, and I feel that. And I know I need to take a break, but guess what? I can't take a break because I actually have to go straight to the International Space Station for my next movie. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? I can't believe it. I talked him into it. But this whole time, all I want all I want is to do the one thing that I can't do. Wear a pair of shoes without lips? Oh! Uh, kiss me on the lips, John. No. <laughs> it's, have a normal life. That's what I want to do, John. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, tell me more about that. You want to be normal, huh? That's what Tom Cruise wants? Yeah. I want to be normal. <laughs> I've been famous for so long, I can barely even remember the before times. Before I was rich, handsome, and famous. Right. Right, of course. I want to do all this stuff all these normal people get to do. Walk the dog, go on a walk, open doors. <laughs> sure. You haven't done that, huh? You don't open doors? Sniff. Sniff? Sniff things. That's what, do- okay. Wanna- I want to I wanna drink these smoothies, you know, got really fancy million dollar mushrooms, like sure. the guys. You know? Like the guys. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. 
I want to go to that place where they sell. What's it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about Sizzler? Oh, kiss me again. Why don't you? <laughs> no. I'm on Jerry. They're expensive places I totally know about. And yeah. I want to go there. And it also costs like a year, year at Northwestern or so. Jump change. <laughs> I don't know, Tom. I think going to fancy resorts and drinking smoothies with expensive mushroom, it sounds pretty fancy still. Whoa. No, see, I hear you. I hear you. I get that. But I don't want to do this as... Fancy Tom Cruise? I, I still want to be wealthy Tom Cruise, but I want to be a wealthy, normal, handsome, but just not famous Tom Cruise doing regular around-the-town stuff. Oh, John. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to yearn for acceptance for who you really are? Well, I guess, I mean, I sort of do. <laughs> Uh, you know, everyone, everyone can connect about that. We all want to be accepted for who we really are. Exactly. Like, that's why I want people to like my NFT apes, because they're cool. <laughs> and the colors are vibrant, and it makes you laugh a little bit. Not because they look exactly like me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I see. And I also want to have sex with a man. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. All right. No, all no, right. no, no. See, not like that. I just want to kiss him all up and down, oh. make him feel beautiful. Stop I just, it. I just want it for practice. For practice. <laughs> like, like, you know how I had to learn how to ride a horse for my, my beautiful film Far and Away? Yeah. I actually learned how to ride a horse for that because I, unlike all the rest of the dweebs in this town, I'm committed to learning the skills of my art. Sure. Uh, uh, Tom... I'm going to be honest, uh, that's super sad and all, but you're one of the most famous people in the world, and in your decades of power and acclaim and celebrity, you haven't done anything with it. Oh, I'm sorry, did you not hear the thing I just said about learning how to ride a horse? <laughs> Sitting here, I don't even know what your politics are at all. Like, I look at you and I think, loves McCain, but I don't know why, and I'm not totally sure. John, John, I don't pay attention to the politics, schmaltics. I would never want to alienate a single moviegoer from experiencing the magic of cinema, you know? Uh, but I did visit Zelensky once. <laughs> really? I would like to hear about that. Yeah, oh, you know, it was just, it was 2019, my movie, maybe you heard of it, Mission Impossible 7. Uh, he told me, <laughs> he told me I was good looking. I said, stop. I said, stop that. It, it just pays the bills. Tom, <laughs> listen, if you want to have the American experience, if you want to know what it means to be an everyman, you will go home, take off this incredibly compelling disguise, get on TikTok, and dance that tiny ass off in support of abortion access or gay books or, I don't know, baby formula. Actually, you're you right. John, you're right. I'm going to go do this. I, I got to go get an account. I'll learn the, the renegade dance. This is incredible. I wow. Uh, but uh, just so you do know, I do have to uh, run it all past the guys at the old building, if you know what I mean first. <laughs> Uh, what any building in particular? Just the it was really big one. What's the like? What does it say on the outside? Uh, what building is it? Is it like, like a blue? Is it a big building? Is it in Hollywood? Is it a big no, building I'm in Hollywood? To be honest, I'm talking about the Scientology oh, building, John. Okay, then uh, never mind. Uh, Tom Cruise in disguise, everybody. I know how to fly a fighter pilot jet. Yeah, that's great. No one does that. Get out of here, Tom Cruise. All right. You get out of here. All right. You get out of here. Tom Cruise, everybody. Wow, what a get. What are Tom Cruise's politics? Here's a question. All right. Everybody vote. In the year 2012, did Tom Cruise vote for Obama or Mitt Romney? All right. Obama, Mitt Romney. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's he doesn't vote? He doesn't vote? Tom Cruise doesn't vote? 
do we do you know is that something reported or is that something you feel in your heart one day i will find out one day we'll find out i know you will you will find out you'll find out someone on a campaign just needs to break into pdi <laughs> okay here's what here's what i'm gonna say let's no <laughs> someone on a campaign doesn't need to break into was that the voter file you mean yeah okay <laughs> or someone could ask him you know try why don't we why don't we try asking him the man does interviews all the time hey don't go anywhere there's more of love it or leave it coming up this show is sponsored by better help is there something i need to get off my chest what is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. <laughs> Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the, the, the attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm -hmm. We all need therapy. Mm -hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. And we're back. Put your hands together for the incredible comedian Nish Kumar. They love you. Come on, Nish. First of all, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. Yeah. The last time I saw you was yes. in the city of London. London, England, Johnny. London, exactly. London, England, and Podsy of America. Listen, we were we were young and impression. We were we were you know we, our eyes were wide, and you know people at some kind of a rapacious talent agency said, "You guys should go go to Europe and do your show. People are going to love it." And we're like, "Great, we're in." One catch: it's January, and you're going to Finland. <laughs> and, and so we arrived in London. To do uh, Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It, a double show. After, after Finland. After uh, it does fi sound like you think London is in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not. But we had done... Jesus, no <laughs> I know Americans are a little ignorant of geography, but come on. Look, I think if people listen to this back, it's plausible that I knew London wasn't in Finland. <laughs> it's at least plausible. But basically, we had spent a week traveling and we hadn't slept because it was uh, dark... 20 hours a day <laughs> and we were all fucked up and we decided to end the week with two shows in a row a pod save america followed by a late love it or leave it and love it or leave it was falling apart and then all of a sudden we're like we need a guest we need a great comedic guest and nobody what no, what's gonna happen and someone's like nish kumar is actually attending he is in the crowd and we said would he be on the show would he they agree to be they on pulled the me out of the crowd and i start i walked out and i started singing shallow from a star is born <laughs> 
I just came straight out. Tell me something, John. Yeah. Brexit's yeah. going very badly. <laughs> Yeah. And the crowd went wild. It was amazing. I was in the audience. Nish saved us that night. And then we made passionate love. <laughs> and then when he was accepting a big award at the BAFTAs, I did pee in my pants. <laughs> so, you know, it was, you know, art imitating life, imitating art. All right. Nish, listen, I know America, we got our own troubles. All right. Yes. But over where you're from. Uh, Finland, <laughs> there's problems. And, Finland, there, there and the Finnish definitely. Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, <laughs> has got into a bit of hot water. Here, here's my question for you. Yes. Did everyone ultimately forgive him uh, for having a party during COVID? What happened there? No. Okay, so here's the thing that you have to understand about Boris Johnson. He lives his life according to one rule, and that rule is the plot of the film The Purge. Except <laughs> it's The Purge 365 days a year. It all bets are off. This is a man who, up until very recently, his Wikipedia page listed him as having between five and six children. <laughs> he doesn't believe the rules apply to him, and he doesn't really believe in condoms. And he... But he... So, yes, he attended this party. It's very embarrassing to come here and have to use the phrase party gate. But that is how it is being reported in the United Kingdom. They're talking about something called party gate, where Boris Johnson uh, attended a string of uh, parties that violated his own lockdown regulations. And uh, we don't have to say, allegedly, he uh, has been fined by the police uh, for one of those gatherings. But then there was a report by a civil servant called Sue Gray that went to look into more of it and found that he had attended several of them, though he wasn't fined for any of them. And the Conservative Party defence is, at the time, he was following the rules to the best of his understanding, but come on, there's a war on. And what I would say is, I absolutely think that he knew he was breaking the lockdown regulations, right? I absolutely think he knew that as soon as he saw birthday cake. But what I would say is, if you don't know that a birthday party is a violent... I don't know if we can swear, but I'm from Britain. You know, for fucking lockdown regulations, fucking breaking. If you don't fucking understand that birthday cake is a fucking lockdown violation, then maybe you shouldn't be fucking prime minister during a fucking war. So here's something I don't know. First of all, look, I know that we've taken the English language and improved it in the ways that we have. Yeah. Uh, I like that you've now borrowed gate from our Watergate hotel. <laughs> I like that. You're so much older than us. You don't have a word for scandal till our president broke into a hotel in 1971. You've had like a thousand kings and queens. None of whom have ever been involved in any scandals. None. Regardless it's a pure, of what you may have read. And you're like, uh, I don't know, gate? What's that after? It's after a hotel in Washington based on Nixon. Wild. Also, one thing that's been surprising about this is what's it like to live in a country where there seem to be consequences for misbehavior? Like, Trump could have gone to fucking Mardi Gras and thrown beads and nobody would have been like, yeah, that's just, that's, you know, (laughs) but he fights. Well, (laughs) it's... It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think part of the frustration in Britain at the moment is that it feels like there's never any consequences for Johnson's behaviour. So he, he did get fined. I think it's a £50 fine. So well, like, That's not enough. Yeah. I was that's, about that, to that's, say, a, that's a ticket price for going to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say $100, but I think that's pre-Brexit. Uh, I think now £50 is a dime and four old shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the frustration is that um, because he is uh, still in a job and he's sort of just saying I really need to be allowed to carry on doing the job and it's like that's not how if a bus driver plows into a lake 
they don't get to say, let me get us out of the lake. Yeah. Well, they, they wouldn't be able to because, I mean, once a bus is in a lake, the driver's powers are no longer. <laughs> it it's like useless. You can't drive bit, it out. It feels like you're speaking from bitter personal experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, listen, here's the thing. <laughs> once, once you hear that glug glug, you're out. <laughs> the engine's not coming back. It's it's fire in there. It needs uh, the thing about engines. Here's the thing. I don't know if you know. I don't know what kind of. I don't know if, what you. I don't know. But like once water has gotten basically waist high in the bus, you can you can be sure that that engine's fucked permanently. Permanently. Famously, if a car gets into that much water, you can't sell it. It's done. It's toast. People know that, right? It's a thing. This is basically what the Conservative Party is doing currently. <laughs> I know what you mean. It does feel like there are consequences looking at it externally. But from our perspective, we can't get rid of this motherfucker. Whatever happens, he you know, presided over a horrific per capita death rate You know, in terms of our population size. He presided over scandal after scandal after scandal. Meanwhile, the cost of like everyone is basically having to like dig around for gold bars to pay their heating bill because the cost of living has gone up so high. Uh, next question for you. On a scale of 9 to 10, how excited are you about the Queen's Jubilee? Oh, my God. I am, and I cannot stress this enough, in a permanent state of tumescence. <laughs> I have a forever boner for Q units <laughs> impending, <laughs> impending Jubilee. Uh, honestly, John, I forgot it was happening. <laughs> I tried to schedule a meeting next Friday. And they were like, it's a public holiday because of the Queen's Jubilee. And I was like, oh, yeah. The pedo's grandma. <laughs> Is it the pedo's grandma or the pedo's mum? Mum. Mother. Ma, ma, mother. Ma, ma, ma. Yeah, mum. Pedo's mum. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Prince Andrew's mother's uh, jubilee. And I would say I am very, very thrilled that a woman who we regularly sing a song inviting God to save her from troubles that will never, ever afflict her... <laughs> has been able to last as long as she has lasted. Now, after my pitch... I, uh, listen, I hope you guys like me, because I'm never let, getting let back into you gotta the country. S- you gotta stay here. You gotta stay here. You gotta, you gotta stay here. I love you, Nick. I love you. All right. Okay. All right. Keep your pants on. It's the accent. It's the accent. The, uh, listen. <laughs> listen. After my pitch for a segment called Gay or British... Was shot down. We've decided that Nish will be joining us for a segment we're calling. I can't. I gotta. The news in it. <laughs> How was that? How was I that? have been all afternoon waiting for that moment. Because how'd I, I do? I, you you did as well as I thought you were gonna do, and I think let's leave it at that. Can you can you can you read it? It's the news, isn't it? That sounded authentic. I'm genuinely amazed that Init has landed even on your radars. Like, Init is basically a British abbreviation of isn't it? And you sort of ask it. I suppose, actually, it's because you've all watched Love Island. (laughs) That's where you've picked up these obtuse pieces of British scat. No, there's somebody shaking their head. Did you just always know it? It was something that Ali G used to do. Sasha Baron Cohen's isn't it? Nope, terrible. Cut that one. It was so bad we have to cut it. This genuinely looks like an advert warning people about the signs of a stroke. <laughs> I smell toast, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the Fucking hell, Governor, it started a reek of toast, didn't it? <laughs> Stupid. 
Too stupid. All right. Put me in a red bus and take me to the hospital. Go Can't wait for me socialised medicine to kick in and sort out me Gulliver. Here's how it works. It's just gay news, but for British stuff. All right. But we're going to say, instead of we listen, we're, we're between each one, we got to go chim, 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 chiru. So can you do that with me? Chim, 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 chiru. According to an investigation conducted by civil servant Sue Gray, Boris Johnson oversaw widespread violations of COVID restrictions, though her findings did not recommend punishment for anyone found to have reached regulations. They figured that partying with Boris Johnson is punishment enough. Chim, 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 chiru. <laughs> Meanwhile, Boris Johnson has declared that he would not resign, even if he was found to have flouted restrictions as part of Partygate, though he said he was humbled by the findings. Yeah, he said humbled. Leave it to Boris Johnson to treat a damning investigation like he's been nominated for an award for outstanding contributions to the field of partying. Chim, 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 Ricky Gervais has managed to get a full four minutes into his new comedy special before returning to his favourite topic, hacky, terrible, mean-spirited jokes about trans women. His favourite topic used to be atheism, but that hasn't interested him as much since his continued fame and wealth have proved once and for all there is no God. Jim, 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 Gervais defended his jokes in an interview Tuesday, declaring, I think that's what comedy is for, really, to get us through stuff. And I deal in taboo subjects because I want to take the audience to a place it hasn't been before, even for a split second. Most offenses come from when people mistake the subject of a joke with the actual target. I'm taking people to a place they've never been before, which is why this special was about bullying trans women and the next one will be about how dating is weird. (laughs) You know, shit people have never heard in their life. Gervais Gervais is just trying to take his audience on a journey to someplace new, like seven other interchangeable comedy specials with identical anti-trans jokes that are all on Netflix together right fucking now. Jim, 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 Health officials suspect monkeypox has been circulating in the United Fuck it up. Wait, as if we don't have enough. I know, I can't do it. No, thank you, monkeypox. We're busy. <laughs> Health officials suspect monkeypox has been circulating in the United Kingdom for years, with recent cases linked to two raves in Spain and Belgium. Now, before you go blaming Boris Johnson for this, he did not attend those raves. He was too busy partying in the open sore wound at London's Monkey Hospital. <laughs> Oh no, Jim, 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 Ah, you can't party at the open sore ward of the monkey hospital. That's a recipe for monkey pox. <laughs> Sharing a cake with those monkeys that are so sick with their open wounds. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, BBC. <laughs> BBC News apologized for airing the phrase Manchester United are rubbish on their news ticker, an error they blamed on a new hire learning how to populate the ticker. When reached for comment, the new hire said, Oi, what's all this then? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so... (laughs) Tonight's Love It or Leave It will be brought to you by Dick Van Dyke. Yes, yes. And I think there's a lesson there. Didn't slow Dick down for even one fucking minute. The man's 100 years old. He's been famous ever since. It works. People love that accent. Chim, 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 chiru. Season three of the Netflix hit Bridgerton has been confirmed and will stray from books in order to focus on Colin and Penelope as the season's main couple. I actually didn't realize there were books. I thought it was an adaptation of a spec script for a porno based on sense and sensibility. Chim, 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 chiru. Despite penning his new song, Music for a Sushi Restaurant, Harry Styles said he's not a roles guy. No, of course not. He doesn't eat rice. Celebrities 
do not eat rice. They don't eat carbs. You see these people with these incredible cheekbones. You know how they get them? One, expensive face treatments that tighten the skin that are not available to the rest of us. They're not on the menu. It's a special menu just for Harry and people with that structure of their face. And they never get closer to a carb than when they say no to Biscoff cookies when flying Delta One. That's it. Chim, 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 chiru. Of course he doesn't eat sushi rolls. You think Harry Styles is wasting a cheat meal on fucking rice? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have another point to make about this. A very small point. I'm here's interested the, to hear Here's it. all I want to say about this. I've been thinking about this for some time. Here's, What's the issue here? Get it off your chest, buddy. Here's what I want to say. I would like to explain Hollywood in total in this way. All the male leads pretend they're Kermit, but in real life they're Miss Piggy. That's it. And anyone, they, they all want to be Fozzie. They want to be Kermit. They want to be Gonzo. They're not. If they have perfect skin and they're on TVs or film, they're Miss Piggy. Piggy. Mwah. I think I could That's hear it. Tom Cruise trashing the dressing room. <laughs> Jim Jim Giroux. The British Royal Mint has partnered with not-for-profit organisation Pride in London to commemorate 50 years of the LGBT plus movement Pride with a 50p coin designed by Dominique Holmes. Don't miss the unofficial commemorative circle jerk, or for our British listeners, the Union Jack. Jim, Jim, Jim. <laughs> Jim, 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 Drew. Nish Kumar, everybody. Thank you so much. When we come back, a time traveler. That was amazing. Thank you. I'll be back. He'll be back. We'll be seeing Nish. We're not done with him. And we're back. Earlier this month, HBO premiered Stephen Moffat's adaptation of the 2003 novel The Time Traveler's Wife, which follows an everyman as he meets different iterations of his wife and himself while crisscrossing space-time. This week, time stood still on Twitter when a scene from the show's second episode started to make the rounds, revealing that in the show, the time traveler performs oral sex on a version of himself from the future. Yes. Personally, I think that's a huge juvenile distraction from the real serious ethical and existential ramifications of time travel, which is why I brought him here today to discuss the actual meaningful good he can do. Please put your hands together for the time traveler himself, Henry DeTamble. There he is. Yeah, there he right. is. There he is. Hello. Wow. Come on, time traveler. Uh, absolutely. So, so good to see you. Thanks for joining us today, Henry. Of course, John. Though, if I disappear... Don't think I'm doing it. You know, I'm being rude. <laughs> I'm just somewhere waking up naked in a field in 2004 or waking up naked in a movie theater playing Knocked Up in 2007 or waking up naked earlier today in the back of this theater. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure how you even booked me. We have the best producers. Huh? They're on their phones. <laughs> and this praise was not inserted into the script to make me celebrate them out loud. Anyway, Henry, that sounds confusing. Could you explain how it is exactly that you time travel? Of course. Uh, you see, John, I was born with a condition called chrono impairment. Sure you were. My body spontaneously travels through time at completely unpredictable times. That must be very difficult for you. Oh, whew. as you can imagine, John, time traveling makes for a very fraught existence. I only make it through with the kindness and support of my wife, Claire, who I will love forever. And of course... The occasional blowjob from myself. You know, I was, <laughs> I was kind of hoping we could steer clear of the autofellatio because it does cause such chaos online. Instead, I wanted to ask you, what pressure do you feel as a time traveler 
to attempt to retroactively avert all kinds of things that might be happening, you know? John, can we be real with each other right now? You're not going to answer my question, are you? I believe that we, as a people, should be more open to thinking outside the box. My ability to time travel has its challenges, yes, but it also has its rewards. I've learned so much about humanity, and also, when I'm feeling anxious, I can meet up with myself for a quick 6'9". Man, Henry, Henry, please, Henry. <laughs> no, John, please what? John, I have no shame about my life either, about my spontaneous time traveling or the copious amounts of dome I get from different versions of myself. Wow. Pretty much every time I see them, or they see me, if you know what I mean. Sometimes... The blowjobs arrive from my future. You know, it's complicated. I have many questions uh, that aren't about time travel blowjobs. I'm begging you. And you don't have a single one about it? Does it count as a gay experience or as masturbation? Hey, the way I do it, it's both. <laughs> I've been excited about that joke all day. <laughs> Did I get it? You guys, you guys are so right, good. Yeah, yeah. So good. Guys, just, I just, just please applaud Hallie Kiefer for that joke. <laughs> Thank you. Henry, based on literally every time travel movie I've mm -hmm. seen, I imagine you have tried to intervene at some point to prevent catastrophe. Get a message, mm. President Obama, about, I don't know, the tan suit. Warn people that they don't need to wipe down their takeout containers, you know? You know what I mean? Is there anything you've been doing to let people know about the future? No, I never have, John. I pretty much just surprised my wife at various ages, plus the Beegers. Henry, <laughs> you're telling me you've never tried to change the future. Aren't you personally morally obligated to at least pick up the phone and call somebody? Mm, I mean, I could. Right? But how would they understand me with my mouth so full? God, God damn it, Henry. I'm sorry. I'm starting to think you are wasting this incredible gift the universe has given you. John, John, we know right now what horrible events are headed our way. The next housing market crash, women losing abortion rights, the video that actually makes everyone understand, sympathize, and even respect Madison Cawthorn. I mean, and we can't stop any of it. You think one extremely relaxed man can convince anybody of anything? Oh my God, you're right. So I say, kick back, relax, and go to town on yourself. Why not? I don't know. Maybe you have a point. That being said, I did just get back from 2024, and I have a grave warning for the country of America. Oh, no. What is it? Trump is going to win again. Oh, come on. Or will he? I don't know. <laughs> the point is, you can stop it. You can warn yourself about climate change, about democracy, about guns, about all of it. No more information is needed. What is needed is for everyone who knows and cares to get the majority in this country to accept that the warnings are true. And that's not up to me. That's up to you. So I'm free to kick back and text myself from two weeks ago a picture of an eggplant and that new pointing emoji. <laughs> Come on. You know, Henry, I got to ask, does any of this nonstop fellatio make you wonder if you should instead be looking for a time traveler's husband? Oh, no, 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 no. I have sex with a truly insane number of my wives, too, and they are freaks. Let me tell you. <laughs> Henry DeTamble, the time traveler, everybody. Give it up hey, for thank Henry. Thank you.
Uh, Timothy Chalamet wins an Oscar for playing Johnny Depp, so consider yourself warned. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Langston Kerman, everybody. Oh, Insane. And thank you so much to Langston. He stars in Bust Down, which is streaming on Peacock and is the head writer of Paws with Sam J, which just started airing its second season on HBO Max. When we come back, Ryan O'Connell and I judge by appearances. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Calling all Crooked Media fans. We need your feedback, and we're 100% prepared to bribe you for it. This is a new way for those of you who love Crooked content and our mission to make your voices heard. It's your chance to influence everything from merch designs to our digital content to what Love It Eats for lunch. Okay, I guess. That last part's a joke, obviously. He's ordering Panda Express again, and no one can stop him. That's I'm true, reading that's this. That's true, that's true. Did they not know I was going to read this? <laughs> Here's how it works. Just fill out a survey about your Crooked podcast preferences and you're in. We'll reach out to you when we need your opinion and you'll get a promo code to the Crooked store every time you participate. So sign up, help us out because Tommy gets scared when you show up at his gym to tell him about your t-shirt ideas. That is true. It was a good idea though. Go to crooked.com slash insiders to join today. And we're back. Welcome to the Sage Star of Netflix's special and author of the upcoming novel, Just By Looking At Him. Please welcome Ryan O'Connell. Hi, Ryan. It's good to see you. Hi. Thank Come you on for in. having me. All right. Hi. Let's talk about this book, Just By Looking At Him. Are we, are we looking at a beach read or are we looking at a gay nude beach read? <sighs> a gay nude beach read. It's sort of like a tromedy and it's like really horny and gay and disabled because that's intersectionality, bitch. <laughs> Terrific. And uh, let's talk about special for a second. What did the show teach you about translating your experience based on your first memoir into a TV show for everybody? Uh, just to make gay things for gay people and not try to explain things to straight people ever, because who literally cares what they have to say? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, not like I have any thoughts or feelings about it. <laughs> Ryan, let me ask you this. What can you tell about me just by looking at me? I can tell oh, no. <laughs> that you are a person sitting on a chair in front of a group of strangers, and that's very normal for Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is. It is very normal for Los Angeles. So I'd say you're on fucking trend. I am on trend. <laughs> I'm always on trend. That's something you need to know about me. So, Ryan. What? Look. You see a lot. I do. But are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at this game we just came up with. Absolutely. I'm going to show you a photo of someone. Okay. And I'm going to need you to tell me what their whole deal is just okay. by looking at them. Okay. Also, for the audience at home, don't worry. I will perfectly describe each of them. <laughs> Are you ready, Ryan? Absolutely. Let's play. First photo. Is this a man currently being subpoenaed by the January 6th committee or is it my aunt's boyfriend? What we are looking at is a, uh, a middle-aged man with white hair. He has a blue button down that's a little too open and a pair of khaki pants. A woman in a pink shirt that looks like it's from Chico's is pointing, <laughs> is pointing at him. He has a big sheet inning grin on his face and he looks like he's at a parade. Okay, this is really weird because this is actually a picture of my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like older men, not gonna lie. I like putting the hoe in hospice, and this guy has five days to live. Five days. <laughs> so, absolutely rail me in oh Van Nuys. Good I'm, God. I'm, I'm, it's, it's giving Van Nuys, it's giving actually State Fair, like Rancho Cucamonga or whatever, whatever that place is. All right, well. Uh, we uh, stand. 
Okay, well, here's what I'm going to say to you. Uh, you stand insurrectionist Mo Brooks. Oh, okay, slay. Oh my. <laughs> Come on. Next up. Is Absolutely. This, <laughs> we love is, a point of view. Is this former bachelor Aaron Berg in 2021 or New York State Assemblyman Pat Berg, who's been accused of firing three staffers after they argued with him about backing out of a speech decrying white supremacy? Oh, batch. No, not batch. No, the other thing. He's not hot enough yep, to be on the You're batch. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Next up, is this a wow. January 6th insurrectionist currently on trial or one of the guys who used to play Colonel Sanders in the KFC commercials? It's giving insurrectionist. Oh my God. That was a, f- and I just want to describe the photo because it looks like basically um, Santa on meth. Uh, and it is in fact the actor Randy Quaid. <laughs> Wait, are you kidding me? No, that is what Randy, that's oh what God. happened to Randy Dennis, Quaid. Dennis, help him out, Dennis. Buy a vowel for Randy, listen, for God's sake. Listen, listen, listen. All right, Dennis is living his dream with his, I think, like, wife that is 40 years his junior. Is that right? Do people know? Meg Ryan needs to intervene. The ex, she needs to help. I feel like once Meg Ryan got out of there, she's like, listen, I'm not, I don't have to worry about my brother-in-law anymore. Yeah, she's like, Randy made it weird. <laughs> she's like, Dennis, Randy was weird. <laughs> it's finally time I need to tell you. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to bring it up where I'm I know, married, this is like, a hot take, but Randy's weird. <laughs> Randy, Randy, Randy is weird. Randy was weird to me. All right, let's see who's next. Is this ExxonMobil senior vice president or actress Jennifer Lawrence's father-in-law, James Maroney? Uh, what we are looking at is a man in a very boxy suit with one hand in his left pocket staring into the middle distance with a shitty grin on a long hallway where there's some kind of mountain art deep in his background. Okay, so here's the deal. Cook Maroney is like what? A Lower East Side artiste. He's like art dealer vibes, right? And so mm-hmm. you think like maybe he came from like convention to be like, you know, like really wild and crazy downtown New York. Um, so I'm thinking, I was going to think it's that, but it's giving like ExxonMobil SVP. Correct. You got it. My God. I'm so good. (laughs) Next up, Ryan. Is this a member of the cast of The Good Wife or a Republican senator who said no to an abortion rights bill? Absolutely Republican senator. Yep, that is. What if I was like, Good Wife? (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You got it. You got it. Is this a football coach hired by Grambling State University after being fired by Baylor in 2016 for ignoring sexual harassment allegations or a Democratic senator who refuses to work with other Democrats because he is enamored of his own uh, power and um, attention? I can't explain why, John, but it's both. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That is correct. That was a photo of a U.S. senator and opponent of everything, Joe Manchin. And finally, Ryan, and you're doing great, by the way. Okay, okay. You've been absolutely crushing Thank it. you. Thank you. Is this Joe Biden's dog, Major, who had a biting incident early in his time in the White House, or producer Brian's dog, who bit a man's thumb off early in his time at Cricket? Um, I'm going to say it's family. It's producer Brian. It's, yeah. That is correct. Remember how much that was hanging over you for years? Three years. Wow. Wow. Imagine that. A thumb just clean off. Just like, yeah, gorgeous. Love. Ryan. What? Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And you should buy his book just by looking at him out on June 7th. When we come back, the rant wheel. And we're back. 
One note, check out our Memorial Day weekend sale, which is happening through June 2nd at the Crooked Store. There's a 15% off site-wide and up to 80% off new items, sale items. It says here I can include a lot about some of my favorite merch. It's all my favorite merch. We have great stuff happening. Go check out the merch store. Do it. Keeps the lights on. (laughs) Crooked.com slash store. Also, Love It or Leave It is back in Los Angeles through the month of June. If you didn't know, now you do. For tickets, go to crooked.com slash events. We have an incredible lineup for all of our June shows. Next week, we're going to air the show we recorded in Boston with Ayanna Presley and Lady Bunny and Pat Regan uh, and uh, the authors of the book, How Democracy Dies. But we made it funny somehow. Uh, but that, that's a great show. That show's out next week. And then after that, we'll be back at Dynasty Typewriter for a month of awesome shows. So check that out, crooked.com slash events. And now it is time for the rant wheel. You know how it works. The wheel spins and we'll, we'll rant about uh, wherever it falls. Let's welcome back Langston and Nish and Kel back on stage. Come on back, everybody. You're out of character. You're now Kel. I don't know what you're talking about. I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic is crazy. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Thanks for bringing it. You're right. I really appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So nice to meet you. Hi. Hey. Hey. All right. You know, it works. we're going to spin the wheel. This week on the wheel, we have Henry Kissinger alive and doing takes. We have embarrassing sex dreams. We have hopelessness. We have Instagram close friends usage for anything other than nudes. We have Guy Fieri, elder statesman of Flavortown. We have when everyone but you takes off the Friday of Memorial Day. We have the House of Lords and we have Pooh Bear, Blood and Honey. Uh, Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on Pooh Bear, Blood and Honey, which I believe was suggested by Langston. Very much so. (laughs) Uh, Just just to give everyone some context, Winnie the Pooh apparently is being now made into a uh, a horror movie. They're making a dark interpretation of Winnie the Pooh for a film. And watch your goddamn mouth. Whoever's booing, because I, for one, could not be more excited (laughs) for this upcoming program. It's so exciting because Winnie the Pooh, if if we're being honest, and I know why you're booing, because we're all very tired of the dark interpretations of things. They did dark Power Rangers. They made Batman darker somehow. You know what I mean? Will Smith, he's edgy now. You know what I mean? (laughs) They've done this before, but let me tell you that Winnie the Pooh has been dark the whole time. It's a real fucked up story. Those parents send that child into the woods. Alone, he wanders those woods until he's delirious from exhaustion and famine. And and then he starts to imagine that he's built these emotional connections with stuffed animals just scattered amongst the trees and the best he can imagine is is a a a tiger who's very clearly on speed high as the day is long and a goddamn depressed donkey and so yeah if this means that we get justice we kill off christopher robin and save america save humanity i think he's british save everybody i'm Why so did you sorry point at me like i knew him well you know He's one of those. But if it saves everybody, I'm happy to see it come and kill Christopher Robin. Thank you so much. (laughs) What I appreciate about that, that was very funny and also important. 
Thank you. It's important that people, we have to kill him. I like to be thoughtful in these things. Let's, <laughs> let's spin it again. Oh. It has landed on Instagram close friends usage for anything other than nudes. And um, I suppose that's Ryan's. <laughs> who, who, me? Okay, I guess. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I want to play. Um, okay. Yeah, I have some thoughts. Okay. So, like any self-respecting homosexual, I use close friends only to post pictures of my ass and just like nudes in general. Well, that's not true. Today, I went to go sign my will, hashtag bragging, and I posted uh, the office that I signed the will in, and like, first of all, it was like so chic, it was in Century City, obviously, and people were commenting, being like, oh my god, that's the office from Marriage Story. Like, you know, like the Laura Dern salad moment? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, okay, that's so chic. Anyway, that was a total digression. I don't usually do that. It's only nudes. So when I, and my close friends are not my actual close friends. It's just like random gay guys I want to rail. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and by the way, when you're gay, that's family. Okay? That's, that is family. It's like the gay Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. Yeah. Have you I know? met 90% of them? Absolutely not. And by the way, I'm on their close friends too. Again, we're all family and it's all understood. So and, when and I unlimited s- breadsticks. <laughs> anal. Anal is breadsticks, and right? In the, in the okay. in this, yeah. Yes. Yeah, love that. So when I see a little green circle pop up on some like really hot guy's Instagram and it's like a picture of their sweet green fucking salad. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, like, who hurt you? Like, like, was it sweet green? Like, why are you hiding that? Sweet green is like an institution. It's salad artists. Like, why would you be ashamed? So I just think we need to, like, I, I, you can't, you should not be allowed to post anything to close friends other than nudes or a picture of the office where you signed your will. That's all. That's all. <laughs> and I think that's another important point. And not enough people are talking about it. And that's why we have this show. A space for us to have these kinds of conversations. <laughs> I, and I learned a lot. Langston learned a lot. You can learn some more. Langston's like, I learned a lot. I need some more close friends. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> it has landed on embarrassing sex dreams. Who suggested what? <laughs> uh, Cal- That's such Cal- a weird thing for someone to want to talk about. Yeah, but you want to talk about it, Cal? I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, first off, I do want to address, you know, like, everyone hates when other people talk about their dreams, but I just want to say you're not having interesting enough dreams, right? Because my dreams, like, self-edit, like a movie, like, they have transitions, there's music, but... I recently have just been feeling like waking up mortified because you know how most of the time like if you realize you start to realize you're in a dream you're like oh I'll go flying or like I'll go do something my brain's like oh we should probably all start having sex for practice you know <laughs> and then <laughs> and then <laughs> but then what's tough is I like I'll form this like months long intimate relationship with someone and then it gets time where we're literally in bed and then it cuts to black and then I wake up in the morning and we're like, that was so much fun. And I'm like, I would just, it's a dream. It's my dream. It's my brain. And I couldn't even allow it. But it's just hard because recently, like, I had one and I woke up and I was so embarrassed at myself because the person was like, can you do better? And I was like, that's my brain. <laughs> and I have to walk around just being like, I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. It wasn't a real person. So... That is the saddest fucking thing I have ever heard we in my life. That, we right? all have we that. All and have that. And the thing is, we all have that. We're all happening. We all have it's that. It's always and happening. And it's, again, 
not something we're talking about nearly enough. <laughs> Let's spin it again. <laughs> it has landed on the House of Lords. Nish, I'll take it. No, you take it. You take it. <laughs> if this is not me, it's a real surprise. Um, I just think that it's nice for me to get out of the country that I live and occasionally inform other countries, especially America, that our country is fundamentally as fucked up and undemocratic as your country. Obviously, you have the Supreme Court, which for some reason you have a sex pest and a witch burner on now. Uh, But we uh, also have our own very bizarre uh, system of unelected lawmakers. Uh, So there's the House of Commons. Those are the people that we elect MPs and they make laws. But there is also a place called the House of Lords, which is some fucking J.R.R. Tolkien shit and should not really be happening in the 21st century. And these are just people who are just rich and they inherit titles and they just get to make laws, right? That's bad enough. Some of them are just random friends of members of parliament. So one of them is a guy called Evgeny Lebedev, whose father was a KGB agent. And Boris Johnson made him a member of the House of Lords because he was like, the dude is fun. (laughs) And he has fun parties. And then uh, the Secret Service, uh, MI5, James Bond, took Boris Johnson aside and was like, I don't think you should do that, buddy. And he was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. So now that guy, he's just in the House of Lords. He's not even the worst person there. The worst person there is Andrew Lloyd Webber. What? Now, let me quickly dispel any concern in the room. It's that one. That's cool. He's not there because he's like a member of the landed gentry, right? He is there because of his contributions to musical theatre. And in 2015, he flew back from New York to London to vote to make sure that they did not increase welfare payments to poor people. And he was able to do that because he wrote Cats. So next time you're worried about your country system being too undemocratic, remember the Cats dude, Captain Judy Dench's butthole, was able to vote on whether poor people should have more money. Jesus. Andrew Lloyd Webber, isn't it? (laughs) Let's spin it again. That was great. And it's landed on hopelessness. <laughs> when I was a kid, my favorite sandwich was the McDonald's McChicken sandwich. Fuck yeah. And this was years before, long before they introduced such a thing as the dollar menu. And before, due to uh, vagaries of the corn markets... And the the economic growth led to a situation in which all the food got so much bigger. And so when I was a kid, the McChicken wasn't a dollar. It was more than that. It was just the main sandwich. The McChicken was the main chicken sandwich on the menu. And then it was gone. They just eliminated it one day. They said, no more McChicken. It was at the phase of when they were doing the Arch Deluxe. Remember when the Arch Deluxe situation happened and they introduced those Arch McChicken sandwiches? They were bad. They didn't work. It was a failure. But the McChicken was gone, and then there was a time where you could really only get it if you happened to be in Toronto. And that was exciting, because they still had the McChicken internationally in Toronto. And I thought I would never see the McChicken again. I thought it was hopeless. But then, years later, they brought it back. In some of the darkest moments in this country's history, For example, during the pandemic, when Taco Bell, again, due to the vagaries of the corn markets, (laughs) 
decided to remove some of their A plus 10 out of 10 items from the menu, including the Mexican pizza, including, still not back, the Double Decker Taco Supreme. Gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> there were a lot of people who said it was hopeless. That, like, that's it. You don't have the power to bring it back. You can't get Taco Bell to do anything. It's gone forever. And then what happens? What happens? Doja Cat says, hello, I'll take money to be part of a scam <laughs> in which we remove something and then bring it back and sell more of them than ever before. Dolly Parton says, I'm in. Then you have a movement. Just when you think you're going to live in a world where you can't have a McChicken, suddenly it comes back, this time for a dollar. When I was a kid, the McChicken was $2.35. Now it's $1. Things can change. Yeah. It was exciting when I went to Toronto as a kid and there was a McChicken. I got two of them. <laughs> I was a little fat kid <laughs> eating my McChickens, realizing I don't know how to communicate with the other boys, but I didn't understand why. Just weren't on the same wavelength, you know? Have you heard of the land, air, and sea sandwich? What is that? Oh, they, McDonald's has now uh, come to serve a land, air, and sea sandwich where they stack a hamburger on top of a fish sandwich on top of a McChicken into a single body. That's cool. I do know that you can go to a McDonald's and say, I would like a Big Mac, but make it with chicken. People don't know that. Do you know that? They'll just put the big chicken pieces instead of the beef. Yeah, they'll kill you however you want to die. <laughs> <laughs> you choose <laughs> when, I, when we come back we'll end, thank you thank you for getting us the hell out of this when we come back we'll end on a high note and we're back because we really do need it after a very grim week here it is the high note this is my high point for the week I will be 70 years old this year, and today I took my 14-year-old granddaughter to a pro-choice rally, and she made the best sign in the whole place. It said, if I wanted the government in my uterus, I would have fucked a senator. Yep, she's a pistol, but I love her to pieces. Thanks. Bye. Hey, love it. This is Janelle in Atlanta. My high note of the week is that apparently I had opted into that uh, Facebook lawsuit about the biometric data getting leaked or whatever. Um, I don't even remember doing it, but then today I got a check in the mail and uh, it really could not have come at a better time. And uh, just had some really unexpected expenses this month. And at the expense of Mark Zuckerberg, I got a little bit of help there. So that's been pretty cool. Hey, love it. I'm a avid listener, and I want to give you a high note. So I have bipolar, and I've been having troubles with, with addiction. The healthcare industry has been absolutely overwhelmed. But finally, I'm number one on the list, and they said I should be able to get in Monday. And that's incredibly encouraging. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. I love it. This is Jane from the mountains of San Bernardino, California. On February 16th of this year, I had a stroke. Uh, my husband and I own a small business, and it has been especially hard on us to keep up with work as I've been healing up these past few months. 
Um, anyways, two weeks ago, I was in the doctor's office waiting for my follow-up appointment, and I got an email from Comic-Con International saying that we will finally be exhibiting our gnomes at San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Yes, <laughs> you heard me right. We make garden gnomes, specifically zombie garden gnomes, another rude middle finger gnomes. Anyways, I then found out at that appointment that my artery where my stroke came from is healing up very well, and I should make more or less a full recovery. I am so thankful for the love and support of my family and a friend, especially my husband, who is a huge fan of your show. I love you, Chris. Let's get back to it. Hi, my name is Nolan from Michigan. And yesterday I attended an abortion rights protest in our capital, Lansing, and it was just so inspiring to see all the young people like myself out there fighting for something that we all really believe in. And I've decided after one year of flirting with it, I'm going to run for my local school board. I'm only 18, but I'm going to take the leap because I want to be a bulwark against the damage that these Republicans are doing to our district. And I am so, so excited to become a part of the process. Thank you. I love it. My name is Catherine Steiner. I live in rural Minnesota, and I think either the first or second highest uh, voting county for Trump in the last two elections. Um, so my children always learn some interesting things in public school. Anyway, my 14-year-old son was watching a TikTok about a trans woman who started carrying pads and tampons with her in case anybody should, like wanted one in the bathroom. Um, I have four sons. had a hysterectomy, but he insisted we buy pads and tampons for our house and show all of his female friends where they are in case they need products while they're here. Thanks for what you do, and thanks for showing our boys that even when they live in a rural place, there's a different way to live. Have a great day. Hi, uh, my high note for this week is about the U.S. News and World Report's uh, useless annual ranking of best places to live. I live in Worcester, Massachusetts. I love living here. I'm an advocate for Worcester, and uh, it was ranked 69th, to which I can only say, nice. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who called in with a high note. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, call us at 213-262-4427. That is our show. Thank you so much to Kel Kripe, Nish Kumar, Ryan O'Connell, Langston Kerman, and everyone who sent in a high note. There are 166 days until the midterm elections. We can elect a pro-choice, pro-gun control majority in this country. We have to do the work. Go to votesaveamerica.com. Sign up. If you haven't yet, sign the fuck up. Enough. And also have a great weekend. Thank you. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our senior producer, and Brian Semmel is our producer. Howie Keeper is our head writer, and Jocelyn Kaufman, Pullavi Gunalan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Bill Lance is our editor, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Caroline Haywood, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Norm Elkonian, Milo Kim, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote, for filming and editing video each week so you can.